Oh, listen, dear one, I am thrilled to announce I have a brand new private coaching container opening up called Full Immersion Coaching. This is you and me working together privately as I become your mentor and soul guide for an entire year, providing you with the full support you need to grow a massively successful and prosperous heart-led business. To get all the details, DM me on Facebook or Instagram or send an email to allison at allisonscammell.com and say, tell me more about Full Immersion Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you. Hello, my dear ones. We continue on with part three of my story I've been telling about my near-death experience. If you haven't had a chance yet to listen to parts one and two, I invite you to hit pause here and go back because it will make the story a lot more richer and deeper. And there are links to part one and part two of the story in the show notes as I'm telling this in a three-part series. And we've arrived to the final installment of what happened to me in 2009, which in many ways feels like a near death and a new truth. So our story left off right after I had crossed over to the other side and died and then came back. And I had fallen asleep for a period of time, how long I don't know. And I woke to the sound of banging at the door. And I opened the door to find four or five French police officers looking down at me. And this is where we'll resume our story today. And I want to say it again, that this story is for you, in service to you. And I really believe what happened to me was meant to heal thousands, millions, billions. It was like Liv came to me to heal me and thus heal the collective. So I'm passing my healing on to you. And maybe you don't understand how you're going to receive it or it doesn't feel clear. And I just invite you to be in your heart, listen in your heart, and receive the awareness, the insights, the healing that you need. I give it to you with love because this story is about all of us. It's about all of us dying and rebirthing into something newer, truer, deeper, bolder, higher. So in today's episode, we shall conclude and I will offer you part three of my near-death experience. Welcome to Soul Guide Radio, a podcast for soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs here to bring about change on a massive level. We'll explore how you can activate your big soul mission, amplify your spiritual gifts, and clear the energy blocks weighing you down so you can gain unstoppable momentum in life and business. 
I'm Allison Scammell, your host and soul guide. Hey there, Soul Guide Circle. We are concluding the story that I've been unpacking in these past few episodes. So resuming to that moment, I open the door and I see French police officers. And at this point, I'm still in an alter state of reality of extreme exhaustion and fatigue. Although as I sit here and retell the story to you, I remember everything. I remember everything that happened to me. And when I ask Kai herself, when I ask Source, like, is that really how it happened? I get a yes. I mean, sure, details are off here and there, but the basic premise of the story, which I'm retelling to you now, is how it happened. And so I'm giving it to you how I perceived it at the time. And I understand that that's not exactly how it played out. And I will be explaining what I mean by that in a minute. So how I perceived it at the time and what Liv was telling me at the time when I was looking up, because at this point I still couldn't walk because I was in such a state of exhaustion, looking up at these French police officers, Liv was telling me that they were celebrities. They were celebrities that were part of the top 100 that were here to help me heal. And they had shape-shifted into French EMTs, French police officers. I'm not really sure if they were police officers, but they were French officials in black uniforms. (laughs) So I think that was police. And... The crazy thing about it, there were women. There was like, I know there was a couple, there were two to three women and a couple of men, and they were so loving with me. They were young. They were laughing with each other. And at no point did they speak to me in English. And I speak some French, and I understand French, and I couldn't, in my altered state, it was like they were speaking ancient Greek, like none of it was coming through, but there was this energy of love, deep love. And I, I felt like I had knew them. I, I would see somebody and I would feel so strongly with their energy. And what source is telling me now is that I actually had past lifetimes with these souls. So They, I'm sure, had no idea who I was and probably didn't understand why they felt such a connection and such a magnetic pull to my energy. But these were souls that had come to be in this moment in time that I had had, I had known in some way, shape or form in past lifetimes. So our energy knew each other and we were just magnetically pulled to one another and we would look each other deep in the eyes. As if we were long lost soul sisters and soul brothers. And I know that I remember they were confused. Like, who was this person? Why do I feel so connected to her? And I, at the time, thought that they were celebrities. Liv told me that it was George Clooney, Rachel McAdams, Brad Pitt. And they were, had shape shifted into 
the French authorities I saw before me that I was connecting to on such a deep soul level. And in that altered state of reality, I believed that. I really believed that. I was 100% surrendered to what Liv was telling me at that point. In such a deep state of fatigue that I really, I, I, I had no resistances up to question what they were telling me. And they were handling me. These people were handling me with such love. And they, I remember they helped me put my shoes on. I couldn't walk. They helped me down the stairs. So gentle, so loving. And they put me in this police type car and they drove me to a hospital. I remember on the drive smelling myself and I smelled so bad. And Liv told me I had been releasing so many toxins from my body, so much trauma that I was emitting a foul, foul odor. I remember feeling embarrassed. But nobody in that car did anything but make me feel safe and comfortable. Imagine, I felt safe in this French police car going to, I had no idea where. I couldn't communicate with them. They weren't talking to me in English. I couldn't understand the French. They never asked me for my identification. They never asked me for my name. Just all a little strange when you think back. Most French people speak a little bit of English. And I was speaking to them in English, I remember at the time. And they were responding to me in French. So we arrived to a French hospital. And again, I had been there before. I had a feeling, I had a sense that I had been in that building before or a building that felt very similar. And I came to realize that it was a French mental hospital. And when I walked in, my body froze. My body had remembered. I remember at the time thinking, I don't want any more past lifetime trauma memories, but there we were going again. It was another memories, more memories of trauma from a previous lifetime were being triggered where I was incarcerated in a mental institution and I received abuse there, lots and lots of abuse. And because it all felt so real, because I was literally going through it, meaning being in the hospital, I wasn't being abused, like the the fear it was triggering inside of me was unbelievable because my outer world circumstances were so real that it was rattling the blocks inside of me to their core. And in doing so, enabled those blocks to come to the surface so I could experience them and release them. I remember at the certain point, I started bleeding as if I was menstruating, but I wasn't menstruating at the time, and my body was remembering sexual abuse and literally was responding to that. And here's where it gets really amazing. Every person who worked at that hospital was so loving. One of the women just knew that I was bleeding and gave me a maxi pad to wear. She just gave it to me. There was no way she could have known that that was happening. Her intuition just kicked in. She handed it to me. 
everyone was so loving. And again, Liv was telling me all the people there were celebrities. Oprah Winfrey was in, was my roommate. Tom Hanks was the doctor asking me questions. Tom Cruise was across the hall from me. Another patient staring at me, I remember, with these blue eyes. And nobody spoke to me in English. Nobody asked me my name. Nobody asked me for identification. It was like, on a soul level, they knew exactly what I needed, and they were just doing it. And I was surrendered because I thought I was surrounded by people who were in on it. They were all in on my healing. So at a certain point, I was put in this room with two beds, and I was so tired, and I just wanted to sleep. And I did sleep for a little bit, but then I woke up, and I did have a roommate. And Liv told me it was Oprah Winfrey. And then at that point, I felt myself starting to fill with life force. Life force was coming to my body, not because I had slept, but it was getting pumped into my body. And Liv told me that the whole world was in on it. The whole world was in on my healing because I was part of the second coming. Not from a religious perspective, but the second coming of planet Earth. I was part, as we're all part, all of us who choose this to be part of leading Earth into a higher consciousness. And in that moment, Liv said I was being pumped with life force from the entire world. Everybody was in on it. And I was able to walk to the window And I looked out the window and I swear to you, the sun was shining brighter. The sun was shining with this brilliance that I have never experienced before. And maybe it was my altered state of reality, ready to believe whatever Liv was telling me. Or maybe, just maybe, it really was shining brighter that day. That I'll never know. And I'm not going to ask Source to tell me because I just, I want to actually believe that maybe the sun was shining brighter that day. I remember my right arm raised. My life force was bringing my right arm in the air and a symbol of power that we were all uniting and we were all going to heal together as a planet. And everybody was with me, everybody, to help me heal so I could help you heal. You could help the, per- you could help the person next to you heal and so on and so on, and the ripple effect would occur where we ripple out to a higher state of consciousness, consciousness, all healed from the trauma that's inside of us. It was a glorious experience, that's all I can say. I felt the whole planet inside of me. And I was at this hospital for a period of time, I don't know how long, maybe like a few hours. And then another set of EMTs arrived. And again, I felt like I knew them. We had this energetic connection. They were so loving and gentle with me. Liv told me it was Sasha Baron Cohen and Matt Damon and Meryl Streep and Susan Sarandon. And they were all in on it. 
and they were all here to help me heal. And they had shape-shifted, so I couldn't see what they really looked like. I couldn't see their real form. So these EMTs drove me to a different hospital, and they checked me into a room. Again, everybody was so loving, so, so loving. And that's when I fell asleep. And I don't know how long I slept, but maybe I slept for 24 hours straight, maybe longer. I woke up. I remember I ate for the first time. I drank for the first time, and I don't know how long. Throughout this, I'm very surprised I never got an IV because I went so long without water. But I really believe that Liv was at certain points keeping my physical body going. As I started to get more sleep, I started to come down from that altered state of reality. And again, the second hospital I was in was another past lifetime trigger of another hospital I'd felt like I'd been to before. I don't think it was that particular hospital, but it looked like something I had experienced in a past lifetime and more trauma was triggered, more fear and and blocks were released from inside of me. And then one day I got a knock on my door. I, I think I'd maybe been there a couple days by then. And a woman said to me in English for the first time, she spoke to me in English and said, there's a man here to see you. And again, I thought it was some Hollywood celebrity, some world leader. I thought it was Barack Obama in a shape-shifted form. And I walked into this waiting room and I saw a man in an ill-fitted suit and I knew I felt no soul connection to this person and I knew that he wasn't a celebrity. And he said his name and he said he was from the U.S. State Department and I had been missing and my family had been looking for me and they had had a hell of a time finding me. And they were about to issue a official missing persons report for me and he handed me his card and said, my brother was on the way to get me. And I was in shock and I was angry because I didn't want to bring my family into this. I didn't see why that was necessary. So I told the man I understood and that was it. And that's when I went back to my room and I said, Liv, what is up what is this all about? And Liv said, all truths will be revealed. All things that we told you will end on truth. And in order for you to go along with what we were asking you to do, we had to alter the story a bit. And the reason we wanted you to go along with what we were asking you to do is because you needed it to heal. Your outer world circumstances had to feel so real, like literally being in a mental hospital, in order to trigger the trauma that was inside of you, deep, deep inside of you. And this was why we did it. But you have our word that we will always end every story we've ever told you on the truth. 
And so I regained sleep. I started eating. I started sleeping. My senses came back to me. (laughs) My ability to resist and not be so surrendered came back to me. My brother arrived. Then my mom and my sister. I was very angry at Liv for getting my family involved. And Liv said, they needed to heal from this too. So don't judge what they did or did not need. They needed part of this too. So I left the second hospital, went back to the flat on the Rue du Bretagne, packed up my things, and with my mom and my sister, flew back to the United States. And at this point, they didn't know what to do with me. I had no history of mental illness. There was no history of mental illness in my family. I was coming to. I was clearly no danger to myself. I was no danger to someone else. I was never diagnosed with anything. And it all just remained a big mystery. What the heck happened to Allison in Paris? And what happened to Allison in Paris is the story I just told you. So slowly, slowly back in the United States, I was sleeping more. I was coming to. And that's when the voice of Liv started to leave. And Liv said, you're on your own now. We were only called to come to you for a period of time. It had a beginning, a middle, and an end. The end is here. And now you have to learn to tap into your own intuitive voice, your own spirit guides. We will always be with you, but we're not your primary guides. We came to help you heal. We came as part of the divine intervention, but you have your spiritual support team that will be here and has been with you for your lifetime. And you need to learn how to tap into that wisdom. And it was incredibly lonely. I had had this consciousness with me that had become like a friend, like a best friend. We would joke together, Liv and I. And this consciousness was moving on. I could sense they were moving on, always with me. And I could always call on it again, but it would never be the same. The intervention had ended and they were no longer pushing my energy. I had full control over my body again. I was back to the way I was before, but I was also completely and entirely different. My intuitive gifts were blown open. I had an understanding of myself and of earth and of quantum physics in ways I had never had before. They had downloaded so much to me. I knew that it would take me years to integrate what they gave me the information and the insights and the awareness they downloaded. So that's where this part of my story ends and a new part of my story begins of me learning how to be in my spiritual gifts, in my intuitive gifts, being with this new awareness, with this new consciousness, with this new vibration I was at after having released so much heavy toxic trauma that had been trapped inside of me my whole life. So there is a 
another chapter to this story that I will tell at some point. But I'm going to wrap this part of the story up now and just offer some things for you. There's two primary things that went, I went through when I was going through this period with Liv. And it's exactly how you can access it in your experience. The first thing is my intuitive gifts were amplified. But in my case, they went from completely shut off to completely blown open. So my story is an extreme example of how this all works, but this is how it works for everyone when you want to amplify your intuitive gifts. There are five stages, and I'm going to take you through each one quickly as it relates to my story. Stage one is the invitation. When I was in my rock bottom moment before my NDE, I was at the end of my ropes and I was inviting it in. I was saying, Something, something higher than myself. Help me. I need your help. I invite you in. I'm ready to allow in the help. I initiated an invitation to the divine to help me. I didn't realize at the time that's what I was doing, but that's exactly what it was. Then stage two is the isolation. I got called to leave my everyday circumstances. It's like the hero's journey. The call to action. I received the call to isolate. So I could get out of my routine, so I could connect into my inner cave, look within, find the stillness, find the quiet. That's where amplification happens, in the stillness, looking within, unplugged. Stage three is calibration. Boy, did we go through it. When Liv was calibrating my energy so the communication could occur, they were raising my energy frequency to match their very high non-physical vibration. So hence the vomiting, the dizziness, the vertigo. Again, those are extreme examples. In my case, you will likely experience your calibration more subtly, tingling, ringing in the air. Stage four, initiation. Boy, did I get initiated. Going through all of those past lifetime trauma memories all of those experiences Liv took me through. And the trauma inside of me was so great, I literally had to die and come back to life in order to release it. My NDE was actually part of my healing. And Liv led me to the state of exhaustion so I would surrender to what they were asking me to do. And it also, in that exhausted state, Healing trauma takes place more easily. We can release the trauma from a more easeful place when we are in a state of exhaustion, which is another reason why they led me to this altered state. And stage five is communication. It's just learning how to communicate. It's the daily practice of connecting to your higher self in the spiritual realm so you can understand your gifts, exercise your gifts like a muscle, and really start to trust them. So that was the first thing I really received from Liv was the amplification of my intuitive gifts. The second thing was healing of past lifetime trauma or any type of trauma that is trapped inside. Again, it's five stages, five steps. The first is a trigger. So Liv was bringing me to these real world triggers, a real mental hospital, a real death. 
uh, real uh, uh, hotel rooms and flats and hospitals that looked just like the environment from the past lifetime trauma itself. So the trigger was there. Then you notice the thought or the story of the trigger. Stage two. The thought might be, I'm in danger. I'm going to die. I don't want to be here. Or the thought could be, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. I'm unworthy. People don't respect me. You know, all the thoughts and stories we tell ourselves as part of our wounds. Stage three is the emotion. So noticing the emotion that the thought or story triggers. And then stage four is fully and completely feeling that feel. That's what Liv was having me do throughout this experience. I was feeling and releasing, feeling and releasing. That was the one of the biggest points of this story. They had to amplify my intuitive gifts to communicate. And then once we could communicate, it was really all about the releasing and the healing. And it's just that moment of slowing down for 60 to 90 seconds to fully and completely feel the feels, feel the fear, the pain, the sorrow, the resentment, the humiliation, the guilt, the shame, whatever that is inside of you. And then stage five is cutting the cords, cutting the cords to our wounds. Wherever our cords leave, whether it's ancestral wound, a wound from our childhood, a wound from a past lifetime, a wound from another dimension, another space and time, you want to cut that cord because the wound that had been inside of you is no longer serving you. And once you cut the cord, you go back to your breath, deep breaths, big inhales, big exhales, go to your heart space and ask your higher self for a message of truth. And I feel called to do that for you in this moment, asking my higher self for a message of truth for you. And this is what I receive. You are also part of the top 100. You are also part of the top 100 leaders and light workers on Earth here to lead planet Earth to a higher consciousness. To usher in a new age. To be part of the ripple effect. To enabling the planet to heal. Evolve, grow, and thrive. Your mission is important. You signed up for this. And you are the perfect person for the job. So this ends this part of the story. This ends this chapter. Telling this story to you has been so healing. Yes, there's definitely been some healing and just integrating in so many ways. What had confused me for so long, this story confused me, why it happened. Why live took me through the things it took me through. It really all makes sense. And I accept it all. And I understand it all. Well, that's not true. <laughs> I think I'm still understanding. I'm still integrating, but it has, 
It makes more sense to me today than it ever has before. And you may be left with a thought, boy, what Allison went through, that was really awful. Or not sure why she surrendered to that voice to take her through those awful experiences. And I understand that. And I want you to know that that period with Liv was the most extraordinary, otherworldly, not able to put in words experience of my life. And yes, it was really challenging and painful. And it was also absolutely magnificent. And such is the journey of the human being on their path. Such as duality, we experience the light in amazing and marvelous ways, and then we experience the dark so we can heal, grow, and evolve. And both the light and the dark are a critical part of our path. And we wouldn't understand light or appreciate the light unless we knew darkness. So, my dear ones, I mean this truly from my heart today. Until next time, may your soul guide the way. Are you ready to fill your business with soul clients in the next 60 days? Then download my free energy upgrade meditation to amp up your energy frequency, dissolve the doubt, and attract the soul clients you are destined to serve. Find the link to download on my website, alisonscammell.com, as well as in the show notes.